0: Friday, October eighth, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our MLB beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, the playoffs are underway. The division series got underway in the American League last night. The Astros and White Sox matched up in the first game, the early game, and then the Rays and Red Sox in the second game, both game ones of their their five game series. Uh, the Astros come out on top, six to one. Uh, the Rays. Uh, Blank the Red Sox 5-0, pretty much the way that
1: uh, Major League Baseball uh, fans are are expecting these these series to go, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lance Lynn, uh, you know, the White Sox started Lance Lynn, even though he was, what, 0-6 in his last six times out against the the Astros. And they just hammered him, Joe. I mean, Lynn was throwing fastballs, and uh, the Astros are the best fastball-hitting team in the baseball and they just kind of blistered him, and it, it was like it just—it it almost seemed unfair to me that they just kind of beat him up. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, the, the the Rays just continuing what they started during the regular season. You know, they're a hundred win team, uh, most in the American League, and the the Red Sox Red Sox maybe look like they're on
1: fumes right now. Yeah, yeah, they just uh, you know. Tampa Bay finally had some people in the stands there, 23,000 people. And uh, Randy Arena Ar- had, uh, you know, the game of his life. I mean, while well, he just continued his his postseason run from last year, hit a home run, stole home, straight steal a home. I don't know if you saw it, Joe, but that guy was like halfway down. His lead was halfway yeah. to the plate. And, you know, I, I don't know if it was so loud at at the drop that, that nobody t- was yelling at the pitcher to st- you know to step off, but somebody had to. I don't know. Somebody has to call time there, don't
0: they? I, yeah, I, I don't know. it was. Uh, it, it was very much like like you said. the uh, the The scene was reminiscent of that the the final uh, scene in in The Sandlot where uh, Benny the Jet steals home. Uh, you said you uh, you were listening to the Spanish broadcast.
1: Yeah, I was listening to the Spanish broadcast, and and the and the the announcers. I swear to God, I can't. My Spanish is terrible, but they were talking about Benny, 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 the, Benny in the jet, Benny, Benny the jet. Here he comes, and and Randy and Rosarita. Just like that was a that's so exciting. That that's, a, that's like the most exciting play in baseball. I think just yeah, just uh, just really pumps you up. In,
0: in the past, I've I've heard you get very excited about. Uh, players stealing home. Uh, who's the, the Indians player that, that stole home uh, yeah. in, in Detroit?
1: Was there a, oh, uh, it was a uh, Le- Leonis uh, Martin, Le- right? Yeah. Martin, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Leonis Martin, I saw Omar do it, saw Grady Sizemore do it. Uh, just a uh, great, great plays. So just really a kind of a, really a gutsy kind of ice, ice in your veins play to do.
0: Yeah. So, so Hoynes, he likes the straight steal of home. Uh,
1: was it Omar said if, if he was a,
0: a major league manager, he'd call for a, a straight steal of home every time a runner got on third base. He, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. just, <laughs> he'd, he'd play it like that. So yeah, a lot, uh, really exciting. Uh, So yeah, that uh, the, the national league games uh, get underway today that the slate is actually should be, should be starting soon with the, uh, with an early game, but uh, you know, you've got Dodgers and, uh, the the I'm sorry, the Dodgers and the Giants uh, play in, in what's anticipated to be one of the better series in, in the divisional round, just because uh, those are two teams that see each other 19 times during the year. And there is no love loss between those two franchises.
1: Yeah, Walker Bueller is going for uh, for the Dodgers 16 and four. Um, and uh, just what one team, the Dodgers won one hundred and six. Uh, the, the Giants won 107 during the regular season. The Dodgers advanced with, you know, a great wild card win over, uh, you know, over uh, heck, uh, advanced, St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis, yeah, I and mean, you know, a walk off home run, and mm-hmm. uh, just this is going to be that's going to be a cool series. I, I know the uh, the Giants won the head to head during the regular season, but it was close.
0: Right, and you've got Brewers and Braves in the uh, 430 game. And, you know, that's not a series to sleep on because if you recall, when we saw the the Brewers here in town toward the end of the season, uh, they looked like nobody could stop them.
1: Yeah, Charlie Morton is going for the Braves and uh, Corbin Burns, who's, you know, combined on the no-hitter against the Indians, is going for uh, going for Milwaukee. So that's going to be a great matchup. You know, Morton you know, has a lot of... It. Postseason experience, uh, very good in the postseason. He's good for Tampa Bay last year.
0: Everybody loves playoff baseball, Hoinsie. Uh It's just a a, a different feeling. Uh, you know, the the smell is different in the air. The the ballpark, that just the coming to the park is is different. Uh, what do you like about playoff baseball?
1: Yeah, I just you know, it's just uh, this is this is the this is what they play 162 games for. This is what you know, the six month buildup is for too you know just to see who can be the last team standing you know at the end of October beginning of November uh, and you just see great things happen you know this is a time where great players make great plays and even and it's a time where you know kind of you know guys emerge out of the shadows too you know a, a role player can be can can put you in the world series you know with a big hit you know late in the game uh, rajah davis comes comes to mind out of you know just doing big things at big times kind of and, and uh you know and you get it from unexpected sources on on your roster
0: yeah it's uh always those those are the ones that make the uh the highlight reels that get shown over and over again for for years to come all right with uh with the season over with uh not a, a daily grind of, of games every day we we decided uh for this friday we'll uh to dive into a mailbag uh again the the best way to get your questions here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast and asked and answered by the two of us uh during each uh each of our shows is to subscribe to Subtext uh we're going to be having to change it from Indian Subtext over to a uh, Guardian Subtext I think but uh the uh the links are everywhere on the page where you are uh you're following our podcast uh, Cleveland.com slash subtext to subscribe uh, again, 3.99 99 a month. And we keep you updated with all the news uh, that you'll, you'll, get it first there on your phone, uh, texted directly to you and your ability to text us back and forth. Uh, Hoynzy let's dive in with some of these questions. The, the first one uh, coming to us from Kurt in Canton and Kurt in Canton wants to know who are the players that are rule five eligible and uh, that Rule 5 draft ha- uh, takes place at the end of the, the winter meetings. And this would be the list of guys who need to be protected on the Indians 40 man roster uh, before that Rule 5 draft. And uh, because they have a certain amount of minor league time uh, accrued and uh, they would be free agents or, or, or they're eligible to become free agents, correct?
1: Yeah. If you signed uh, before you were 18 with the Indians, you got and you've said five years in the minor league system, you're eligible for the rule five. And if you signed after you were 18 uh, and you had four years in the system, you're you're eligible for, uh, you know, the rule five in, in December. Okay, so
0: this is a pretty extensive list and the Indians are are expected to have to make some really hard decisions here on some of these guys. Uh, whether or not to protect them. Uh, I can tell you at least one name for sure that I know will be joining the, uh, the 40 man roster. Uh, and that's outfielder, George Valera. Uh, he is probably one of their hottest prospects after the season he had at high a and double a, he's only 20 years old, but he is a guy who, um, is, is definitely under consideration for, uh, for that.
1: Yeah. Left-handed hitter, Joe, uh, He's, you know, he came on this year. I think he hit, you know, maybe 14, 15 home runs at A and double A. And, and uh, just, uh, you know, can, can play all three positions. Uh, kind of a int- real interesting player. And for sure, uh, I would think they're going to protect him.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, the, the club can, can roll the dice and leave some of these guys unprotected, knowing that not a lot of major league clubs are going to want to take a 20-year-old outfielder who, has, who hasn't played above A ball and keep him on their major league roster for a full season. But, uh, you know, you really don't want to run the risk of losing a guy like wow. a George Valera. Uh, other, other outfielders on that list that, that the names sort of stand out. Uh, Will Benson, who was the number one pick in 2016. Uh, Alex call who's, who's, you know, played pretty well at AA and AAA this past season. Uh, Stephen Kwan, who uh really came on with a little bit of power for AAA this year AAA Columbus uh, and Alex free Planez uh, another guy that that a lot of the um, the the guys who follow the miners uh, for the Indians are very high on in terms
1: of his power Yeah those uh, they, they left Benson unprotected last year. I think they left Quan unprotected as well and mm-hmm. you know they, they did not get selected.
0: Uh, as far as infielders go, uh, a ton of names here, a ton of guys that uh, have, have potential to uh, be protected for sure. Uh, we'll start with Brian Rocchio. Uh, Brian Rocchio, probably uh, a guy who a lot of people look at and say might be the, the heir apparent down the line to uh, Francisco Lindor uh, in, in terms of just the way he plays at shortstop and, and the way he uh, pro- projects at the plate.
1: Yeah, an exciting guy. Uh, Really, you know, another guy that kind of, you know, A and double A at, you know, Lake County and Akron had just a, you know, he got better when he went up to double A and that's, you know, that's usually a pretty good sign, Joe. And uh, I would think, uh, you know, depending on what they do, if they make a trade or whatever, I think he's probably a guy that you got to protect.
0: Right. Uh, Other names that you would, that really stand out on this list of infielders, uh, Aaron Bracco, uh, who was, was an international signee uh, around the time of uh, Brian Rocchio. Uh, it, was, it was thought that the two of them might you know move through the system together sort of in, in tandem. Uh, Jose Tania, who hit 16 home runs uh, in the minors this year for the Indians, as well as Richie Palacios, uh, a guy who they moved up to AAA. Uh, he's just a, an all-around hitter. They moved him to the outfield actually in, in Columbus because they want to figure out a way to get him uh, a, a path to the majors and, and the infield might not be it for
1: him. Yeah, definitely. And you know, he got hurt at AAA. didn't, uh, you know, really see a whole lot of playing time there, but obviously they like him. He's his two brothers have made it to the big leagues. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. And uh, the, the kid, I like uh, Joe is Tania that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know, he spent the year at Lake County, you know, 16 home runs, like you said. The power really kind of came out of nowhere. He had not, he had not shown that. Another middle infielder that they're going to have to make a, a tough call on.
0: Right. And, uh, you know, I totally skipped over Tyler Freeman, their number one uh, ranked uh, um, prospect in, the, in the, the minor league organization. Uh, he, he finished the season on the injured list after, I, I, I believe, uh, hurting his shoulder, but, um, yeah, it, it, you're going to have to make room for a lot of these guys uh, if, if, if you're looking at this list. Uh, John Kenzie Noel, who was uh, a first baseman uh, slash third baseman, played most of the season for the, the Lake County Captains. Uh, he was named a, the top prospect for low-A Eastern League, so with the, uh, the Lynchburg Hillcats. Uh, he hit 340. With 19 home runs, 66 RBIs, despite missing almost a month, uh, so John Kenzie Noel was a guy who really made a name for himself within the organization this year. Uh, he's on the list of guys that need to be protected. I mean, there's there, it's it's an embarrassment of riches right now in the uh, in in the minors uh, between and I, and those are just the infielders and outfielders, Lindsay.
1: Yeah, and uh, it it almost you know, it kind of reminds you of the the situation the Padres were in. You know, they have been in the last two or three years when they just started making big trades for, you know, established big leaguers and threw in like every every <laughs> prospect they had. So I, I don't know if the Indians, if that's part of the plan, you know, if you have a good farm system, part of, you know, one of the ways you, uh, you take advantage of it is to make trades for established players. Or if you think your 26-man your 20, your roster is, is prepared to win, that's how you finish it off
0: is it time for them to empty the tank and, and go for it and get a, a big name guy that, that they can plug in for a few years here? Uh, catchers, Brian Lavastida is, is on the list of rule five eligible guys. And he's a guy who actually made it as high as triple a this year, I believe, uh, was hitting really well at, at double a, uh, this is a guy whose bat might be a little more, uh, ahead of his, his defense. Uh, he, he could, he could definitely find his way onto the, uh, the 40 man roster at some point, maybe um, we're looking at left-handed pitchers. Now, Connor Pilkington, uh, one of the pickups in the, um, uh, the flurry of trades that they made at the trade deadline. I, I, I believe they got him from uh, Tampa Bay's organization. Um, yeah. I
1: think part. he was from uh, uh, brand uh, brandon. Uh, no. Uh, the, uh, the outfielder. Uh, uh, Jordan Looplo.
0: Looplo. Right. Yeah. We got him for Luplo. And uh, Joey Cantillo, who came in the uh, Mike Clevenger trade, uh, he's another lefty uh, also on this list uh, that, that looked like guys who who might, you know, get, uh, get consideration for a forty-man call-up. Uh, right-handed pitchers, there's a there's a whole boatload of guys that that have names that, um, you know, have have you've heard throughout the season from AAA from uh, from AA. Uh, Cody Morris, one of those names, uh, as a right-hander, as a, a guy who, who definitely could, uh, see his way onto the 40 man roster because he might be up, uh, helping the club next year in 2022.
1: Yeah. Uh, kind of a, uh, he, he really didn't pitch a whole lot, Joe. I mean, at, at AAA, he kind of, you know, was a buddy, you know, they really, I mean, when he did pitch, he, you know, you know, start a uh, starter that really impressed a lot of people. Uh, so yeah, I think he's. You know kind of in that pipeline, uh, to uh, you know, maybe help the big league club at some point next year.
0: Yeah, one other name to, to keep an eye on at, at uh, out of the right handed pitchers, uh, on, on the list, uh, Juan Moda. Uh, I did see him at double A this past season. Uh, he's a guy who can get it up there in a hurry. He, he very much profiles like the uh, the guys at the back end of the major league bullpen right now. Uh, Juan Moda might be a guy who you could see uh, added to. Uh, the 40 man roster or uh, taken by another team. If he's left exposed, uh, those are, are definitely some guys that, that you could, could see that happening. So, uh, so yeah, there's, there's a, a, a chance that some of those guys could be added. Uh, I think the, the earlier guys that we were talking about, like a Valera, uh, like a Rocchio, those are definitely guys who are going to get added uh, just because they want to be, you know, protected. But uh you know, if that happens and some guys have to go from the 40-man roster and, uh, and there, there are a few areas where that could happen, you know, especially uh, young relievers that, that might get exposed or, or dropped off the 40-man. Uh, but, uh, you know, th- those moves are, are all coming at the end of the World Series about three weeks from now.
1: Yeah, and the one guy we didn't talk about, Joe, was Oscar Gonzalez. I mean, big-time power, big-time production at AAA you know, you saw him at Akron. I think six four, what two forty, uh, and what do you do with this guy? I mean, well, luckily he's not
0: on the list of of guys who are eligible for the Rule Five draft. So. Oh, okay. I thought he was eligible. No, no, he's uh, he he might be uh, young enough, or, or not. He, at least on the list that I'm looking at, it does not look like he is he's exposed. So, you know, that's uh that's a good thing for the Indians because he's a guy who uh, could definitely you know, garner consideration. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure Oscar Gonzalez is going to be one of those guys who gets an invite to major league camp next year.
1: Yeah, I would think you want to, if you're looking for power, you got, at least you got to look at him and see, right. you know, what kind of defender he is and what he can do with the bat. All right. Curtin Canton.
0: Great question. Uh, especially from this time of year. Uh, let's jump to our next question here from the mailbag in uh, Marv in Phoenix and Brent in hunting Valley. Uh, they both, have uh, similar questions, uh, similar variations on the same question. So we'll, we'll ask both of these questions uh, pretty timely here from the news this week. Uh, in the search for a new hitting coach, if the Guardians want to interview a AAA coach under contract with another team, do they have to get permission? Uh, that's from Marv. And uh, Brent wants to know Does the hitting coach make that much of a difference? Uh, any examples that you can think of? And that's from Brent in Hunting Valley. Uh, let's start with the first question. Uh, Hoinsley, I would think that, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that the minor league coaches uh, operate on like year-by-year contracts. So, you know, when their contract's up at the end of the year, they're free to look for jobs with other teams. But I, I would assume that you've got a as a courtesy, even as an organization, you've, you've at least got to check with the club before you ask
1: to, to interview with somebody. Yeah, definitely. I think so, Joe. And, and I you know, there's not many... Teams that would stand in the way of a Triple uh, A uh, hitting coach getting, you know, uh, interviewing for a big league job because, you know, that traditionally, if 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 you know if a team you know asks for permission to interview another team, you know, somebody uh, with another club and it's a, it's promotion, you don't stand in the way of that. Right. If you're a, it's not good practice if
0: you're a, a franchise and you're you get known, or you get the reputation as a club that won't let guys advance or hold them in place and, and, you know, kind of screw guys over on, uh, on career advancement. Uh, That's not the kind of place you want to work for. But uh, the question about the, you know, does a hitting coach really make a difference? You know, and that's one of the things that you don't really ever see, you you see what the manager does on a daily basis. You can see in a game what the manager, you know, makes, makes decisions, uh, you know, from pitch to pitch, even Uh, you don't really get to see the work that maybe, uh, a hitting coach gets uh, does behind the scenes and really with the Indians it's a hitting team it's not just the hitting coach of Van Berkelio it was it was a whole you know you know three uh, three-headed monster just like on the pitching side uh, these guys really do their work in the cages every day or you know standing behind the batting practice cage out on the field and and talking to guys uh, can they make that big of a
1: difference well, I think you know, you know, down through history, they, you know, there there have been some cases where where, yeah, the the hitting coach has has really helped the hitter. You know, Charlie Lau, Lau, you know, George Brett, Hall of Fame third baseman for the Royals, you know, he swears by this guy. Or, you know, the Charlie Lowe no Lau is no longer living. I don't think, but you know, he. Uh, you know, he, he really made George Brett the hitter he was. And, you know, we don't have to look any farther than uh, what Charlie Manuel did for Jim Tomey. Uh, you know, t- Tomey was, that, that Charlie was like a second dad to Tomey. You know, broke down his swing. Nobody knew his swing better than, than Charlie did. And, uh, you know, he, and Jimmy's in the Hall of Fame because of that. So, yeah, it does. And I th- but I think, you know, Joe, the dynamic has changed you know, the last five, 10 years, you know, I was talking to Charlie Manuel about this when, you know, he temporarily kind of came out of retirement and was uh, the Phillies hitting coach for the second half of the season a couple of years ago. And he goes, all these guys have their own gurus. They all have their own hitting gurus that they talk to every day, whether it's their dad or some high school coach or, you know, a college coach. And so it's, it's a little bit different nowadays for a hitting coach to get everybody to buy in, you know, and, and, you know, that's why I think, like you said, you have teams of, of hitting coaches. You have, you know, one, you know, you have like, uh, you had Van Burke Leo, then you'd had uh, Victor Rodriguez and you had Justin, Justin Toole, you know, with the Indians and, and, uh, all three of those guys kind of work together and you kind of divide the hitters up the 12 or 15 hitters, whatever you have on your team. And you work with those guys, but they're also, you know, they're calling home every night with, with, you know, so it's, it's a, you know, it really takes a different approach now for a coach to uh, to reach, to reach those hitters and, and get them to buy into your, to what you're talking about.
0: Would you expect maybe the Indians to lean towards somebody who's more uh, analytically inclined, more, more data sort of driven in terms of, of that, even if it's a like an Alex Ekelman, like you mentioned yesterday, uh, somebody who can who can assimilate and process all that data and give it to the guys, as opposed to uh, you know an old school guy, maybe a, a name or a you know a a prominent name that they could sit on the bench and and have him you know be a voice that that the guys would hear and listen to just because you know he's a guy who did it before.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I think you know I think they'll look for the combination of that guy, Joe. You know, I've seen it. work kind of both both ways. Eddie Murray was that old school coach here that, uh, you know, uh, that, that kind of, you know, he, it was Eddie's way or the highway a lot of times. And, you know, that didn't last for a long time in Cleveland, but you know, that, that was kind of, he was an old school guy. And, uh, and now you've seen them go toward, you know, more of a a collaborative effort. And uh, I think that's, that's what they'll look for here. And I I don't think there's just going to be one guy that's going to come in here and and Joe you know I think the hitting coaches you know it, it's such a tough job and you know I remember when uh, George Brett came out of retirement and was the was the uh, uh, was the Royals hitting coach for a little bit I said you know I said that's never going to last you know these guys nobody wants to work that hard and that's no no rip on uh, George Brett but you know if you're a Hall of Famer you're not going to be a hitting coach I don't think you know I think you you know the, the good hitting coaches are the guys like that, that are the 190 hitters that really had to study the craft had to go to Japan had to you know go to Korea had to you know really got wring the most out of their careers at least that's what it looks like from from the outside looking in from me
0: yeah the, the ones who were just naturally gifted and who who it all came easy to uh, have a might have a difficult time just you know translating or communicating that to guys who you know, to get them to to buy in on that and like you said george brett just went out and hit that was it that's that he he just did it it's hard for him to expect guys to to just follow what he did uh, because they're not george brett
1: all right and those uh, guys those hitting coaches they live in that cage joe you know that mm-hmm. uh, you know right. i mean that's all they do they just sit in that batting cage you know, you never see them. You never see them in the locker room. <laughs> they're, they're always down there with different hitting groups. And, you know, I mean, if you like to hit, yeah, okay. But, I mean, it can be a grind. It, you know, 162 games of that. You spring training. You know, you have your swing camps during the, uh, the off season. So, you know, you, you, you've got to be committed.
0: All right. All right. Uh, two more questions we're going to get to real quick here. Uh, Bill in Peoria asks, do you think there will be any changes in the postseason and/or wild card format for next year, let's go quick with this one. What do you think uh, the chances are?
1: I think maybe if uh, you know uh, St. Louis had beaten the Dodgers, maybe there would have been a change. And I, th- I guess there's still a possibility of that. But I kind of like the drama of the wild card.
0: Yeah, uh, one game wild card. Maybe maybe they add another one game wild card. Uh, there's a possibility with that. Uh, they, they do that. S- have two of those winner take all games as opposed to uh, just the one, because, you know, major league baseball would love to add, uh, add another, once the TV ratings for the the Yankees and Red Sox came out and it was the most watched ESPN baseball game since 1998. uh, I think that, you know, anything that (laughs) they can do once they want to (laughs) do, they want to do twice. So uh, for sure, that's a a possibility. Uh, Also a possibility, like you said, that they, that they try to stick in a, uh, an expanded playoff format like you had in 2020 where, you were playing a bunch of, uh, you know, three game series type situations. Uh, all right. Uh, last question here that we're going to hit. Uh, Larry from Bowling Green asks, if you were a betting man, points is not a betting man. Come on. <laughs> uh, what are the odds that the major league baseball season begins on time in 2022? Uh, there seems to be a lot of We're going to be, we're going to be talking about this a lot during the off season. Uh, are we going to be, Uh, Opening the season on March
1: 31st. Boy, oh, boy! You know, I'm an optimist when it comes to this. Joe, I think these guys, you know, brought the game to the edge, to the brink in 1994. I think both of these sides are too smart to do this again, to to uh, you know, shut down the game either through a lockout or a strike. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be optimistically. Say yes. It's going to open on on March March thirty first.
0: I think they're going to make us suffer all the way up until, but uh, I think there will not there will not be a delay. They will not miss a single game, a single money making opportunity. That will not happen. I I think they will open the season emphatically. I think it will open on March thirty first. All right, Hoynesy, that uh, that gets us through another mailbag. Uh, some great questions from our subscribers. Uh, you can ask. A question: If you subscribe to uh, to our subtext service, uh, go ahead and do that, uh, and we look forward to talking to you guys uh, back and forth on there. Hoinsey, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. Uh, got a whole weekend full of playoff baseball to watch uh, in between college football games, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you again on Monday. Yeah, we'll see if Benny the Jet makes another appearance, Joe. Oh man, we'll uh, we'll definitely keep our eyes open for that. Talk to you again. I'm Monday on the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast.